0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. That over there is Aaron McIntyre. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email the program Steve at Steve. SteveDace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And again, if you're looking for clips of the program, go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And again, don't forget, the last name is spelled D E A C E. Before we get into today's program, I have to hit you guys with something cold. And the question I have Do I have to turn in my Christmas slappy card?
0: Uh oh. Yeah, what I mean, you guys know about?
1: I am a proud. Proud Christmas Slappy, right? Oh,
0: proud doesn't begin to describe No, it.
1: I mean, I'm, I, I'm a wallower. Zealot. Yes, that's, indeed, yes. I've got a, a a countdown craft, a Christmas countdown clock on the mantle in, in the family room that we bought at Disney 11 years ago on our first trip to Disney World. I update it all year round. All right, in case you don't know, in case you were wondering, it's 181 days until Christmas, okay? I am a Christmas slap, right? Yeah. And, I, and it's, it's the whole season. It's the accoutrements. It's the... It's, it's, it's the eats, the drinks, all that stuff, And you right? think the
0: season starts November 1st, too. I kind
1: of do. Yeah, I kind of do, okay? Like, I remember as a kid when, they, when Time Life used to sell the, the albums and then the CDs with the classical Christmas music from, like, the, the Sinatra Bing era. And those things would start showing around the 1st of October during football games. I'd get, like, really excited to see that stuff, you know? Okay. Had to stop over at the store yesterday, and Eggnog is out. Yeah, I mean and I tried to get myself to pick up some. I couldn't do it. I I just and I found myself saying, It's too early for this. It's not even the Christmas in July thing. You know, that kind of became a thing when we were kids to hold, you know, big sales in Christmas in July. And now Hallmark Channel brings out the Christmas movies from Christmas time for Christmas in July. I I would even go fine if it was that. But it was June 27th, man, and the eggnog was out. And I just...
2: I couldn't get there, bro. I could not get there. I think we need a little bit of an intervention here. I mean, he... You got on me last week for, I think, the word you used, patronizing you for your lack of typical doomsday prophesying about your Detroit Lions. Yes. That's a sign. Um, I, something's something's amiss. And then you said it's too early for something typically associated with Christmas. Something is going on. With See, you, your idea that I wasn't, I believe they're going to have the number one pick in the
1: draft. Well, second, num- second pick. I think Houston will be worse. So I mean, I I think they're going to be terrible this year. I just intimated that I actually liked the long term plan they were trying to do. I still think they'll have at best the second worst record in the league. You took that to mean that wasn't sufficient
2: doomsday prophesy. No doomsday. No, okay? this is this, this is this is what usually happens. They should be really bad. They should get the number one. They're going to go like nine and seven.
1: No, I will not be picking them to go nine and seven. Okay. First of all, they can't because there's 17 games, but I'm bummed. But oh, I hear whatever. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, Todd, am I maturing? Who, who, Who's committed the foul here? Did our local grocer, did they abuse a, a Christmas privilege by putting the eggnog out this early? Or am, am I, have I lost some of my Christmas? Am I actually withholding? You know what, come to think of it, no, I think I've answered this question for myself. I'm actually the supreme christmas slap here i'm holding the standard for christmas slappiness i'm i'm keeping it i'm upholding it like looking forward to it forward to it but then serving a wine before it's time are two totally different things right
0: uh no oh uh, here's my problem i uh steve dace the steve dace i know f- finds the victory in any situation you know, you're scrolling away yes. seasonal built bars so you can have them when the mood. I can't believe, even though in the moment I'm not feeling it, I can't believe you didn't buy any. Put him in there mm, for when the true. mood does strike. See, that's the Steve Dace yeah. I know. And if you walked out of there without buying any, I do, like Aaron, have some concerns.
1: All right. I Just to, just to reset this, though, I still have two full packs of pumpkin Kit Kats. Sitting in my this fridge is my point. that have been in there since last Christmas that expire at the end of July. And and I have a packet of those white chocolate dipped pretzels that Costco sells that they bring out at Christmas time. I've been saving both of these two things for when I get a little football fix here in the middle of July with Big Ten football meaty days. I'm just gonna sit around and gorge on them like I did, like I would during a football Saturday, just to get myself a little taste.
0: All I'm saying is, if suddenly you know we don't have a heat wave and it gets a little crisp on a July seventh day, and you're like, "Steve Dace, I may just have a hankering from some eggnog," and right. it won't be there because right. you're not, you let your game slip.
1: So did I? Did I, Uncle Tom? Am I? An, am I an Uncle Christmas? Did I? Did I betray?
2: What we're saying is,
1: am yeah. I a house Christmaser? Is that what I am now? I did see. I betray my legacy, my lineage, by not picking up some yes. eggnog?
0: This yes. like Jedi stuff. I sense the conflict in you.
1: I was deeply, dude, I stood at that display for a good minute or two <laughs> contemplating it.
0: I wish I had that snapshot.
1: Just, just you staring. I did. The... I just stood there for a minute and I'm just like, I can't get there. I just can't get there. All right. Coming up on the show today uh, at the bottom of the hour, our good friend, Bob Vanderplotz will be joining us next hour. I'm going to do a little Ted talk. Boy, I don't know, maybe the timeline for Trump ramping things back up was always about this time, but it is interesting. Things are ramping up on multiple fronts shortly after the Western Conservative Summit uh, straw poll of activists had Ron DeSantis ahead of him. Hmm. So if we are going to essentially... Forgo an entire primary because that's what will happen if Trump runs again. There may be other candidates who run, and they're all Jeff Flake and Jeff Flake Jr. and Jeff Flake the third and Jeff Flake the fourth. Okay, so we're we're effectively canceling the primary process. You're taking anybody else off the board because that's what happens if he steps in the room. He's King Kong. So then I think now is the time that we need to have a conversation about this and whether. It's worthy of that, and it might be, but I think we need to have a conversation about whether entrusting our fates to Trump version 3.0, a third run at the presidency, is worth the cost of not really truly having any alternatives to him. And we might find out that it is, or not. We're going to have that conversation for our Monday town hall next hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away brought to you by locking it back down. The Delta COVID scary is now the topic du jour of the panic porn stars and the scary messaging is already having an impact. Over the weekend, the World Health Organization urged all fully vaccinated people to wear masks in order to stop the spread of the Delta variant. Israel has reimposed its indoor mask mandate as more cases of the variant are being detected every day in the country. Israel is one of the leaders in the developed world in vaccination rate with 61% of its population having obtained at least one shot. In Australia, the state of New South Wales, including the Sydney metro area, is entering yet another lockdown for two weeks after the detection of 80 cases of the new variant, South Africa is also locking down for similar reasons, and New Zealand is as well. Back stateside, the panic porn stars on Twitter are wasting no time peddling fear. Daily Beast columnist Wajat Ali tweets, I see packed restaurants and people inside stores and malls and their kids aren't wearing masks. I feel like I'm in a horror movie. At the College World Series, the North Carolina State baseball team had their dream season cut short after six players tested positive for the virus. Their game against Vanderbilt was declared a no contest by the NCAA, and the team was sent home. Four of the six players who tested positive for the virus had already been fully vaccinated. In other news, Donald Trump had his first rally in quite a while this weekend in Ohio.
3: This is your home. This nation is your heritage. And our magnificent American liberty is your God-given right.
2: Speaking of Trump, in an interview published by The Atlantic on Sunday, former Attorney General Bill Barr called Trump's claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election, quote, Kamala Harris visited El Paso, Texas, late last week, where she was welcomed by Congresswoman Veronica Escobar.
1: Welcome to El Paso. Welcome to my community.
2: The The much-anticipated Director of National Intelligence report on unidentified aerial phenomena was sent to Congress on Friday. The report indicates 144 reports of UAPs investigated by the U.S., with only one of those being positively identified. 80 of the 144 reports involved observation with multiple sensors like radar, sight, sound, etc. The DNI report states there are five likely categories to explain UAPs, airborne clutter, natural phenomena, U.S. government or industrial development programs, foreign adversaries, or other. Moving on, over the weekend, Steve's Facebook page got dinged with a so-called fact check of the interview last week with Dr. Ryan Cole talking about vaccines and treatments for COVID. In completely unrelated news, the Texas Supreme Court has ruled Facebook can be held liable for sex trafficking conducted on its website. The court ruling against the tech giant arrives after sex trafficking teenage victims alleged they were targeted on Facebook. A report out just this month from the Human Trafficking Institute found 59% of online recruitment and active sex trafficking cases took place on Facebook. Facebook says they're protected from liability under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. American hammer thrower Gwen Berry made headlines over the weekend after turning away from the American flag as the national anthem played at the U.S. Olympic track and field trials. Berry says the playing of the national anthem was set up by the event organizers to single her out, quote, I feel like it was a setup and they did it on purpose. In Minneapolis, Former police officer Derek Chauvin was sentenced late last week to the maximum 22 and a half years in prison after being found guilty of murdering George Floyd last May. After the sentencing, Floyd's brother Philanese had this to say. I just want to reiterate, not just black lives matter, all lives matter. We need to stand up and fight. Nike chief executive John Donahoe had this to say about China during a recent call with Wall Street analysts, quote, Nike is a brand that is of China and for China, end quote. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee, Nike factory graciously offers to house unaccompanied migrant children. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's montage brought to you by a new partner I'm very excited about. Yes, hey, protecting your family should be your number one priority. You want to do it as safely as you possibly can. And if there is a non-lethal self-protection device that you can utilize that's small and lightweight at the exact same time that you can carry with you, you can put in your glove box and your purse, yet it's powerful enough to uh, incapacitate an attacker. I mean, those things are cool, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: How about the fact, though, I, I just find them damn fun. I just like watching people get taste. I like them. Like, I could just... I like tasing videos. I like it. I like I like watching people get tased. I don't think that's necessarily, you know, don't use it for a toy. Takes the edge off. But every now and then, you might run into somebody who deserves it, right? Uh, Taser devices available right now without a permit in most U.S. states. If you want to uh, try our new partners at Axon Taser, all right, you can save 15% off right now. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or the Taser Strike Light, uh, all of that at Taser.com promo code Steve Taser. You guys don't know this is one of one of the proudest moments of my career. Now I am there is a Taser.com with my name in the URL. I freaking love these things. Okay, Taser.com, T A S E R. Simple to use, safe to own, and fun taser.com fun to watch taser.com that's not in the script i added it taser.com promo code steve that's taser.com promo code steve all right let's get uh let's get to it um let's let's start with countries that are locking down again i had a in in and I was always going to bring this up, by the way, at this time. We were talking about it before we went on the air, but I had planned to bring it up somewhat in the context of this conversation, okay? So I, this morning, I appeared on a major market radio program. I have, I've been doing it for quite a while, just every now and then they have me on the morning drive show. It's in a big market. And, uh, and it's with the company that I used we used to be syndicated through, Salem Radio. And I didn't I, maybe I did know this, and I just didn't understand it or realize it. I don't recall finding out though, that the host was a conservative atheist. And so this morning that led to a a, a much broader, which I that's that's an interesting hire. I mean Salem basically underwrites yeah. the National Religious Broadcasters Convention every year. They're the largest Christian media company in the world. Uh, but um, the guy also is very popular, and I've gotten along with him. I've been on the show several times in the past, so it's just never delved into these sorts of very specific spiritual matters. And I think the reason it did this time is because he was talking about a societal ill in his own community, and to me, I it, that— the remedy for that was a direct biblical worldview application. And so I think maybe that's why we got into this conversation when in the past it was just largely political or historical or philosophical. But one of the things this conversation illustrated, you know, we took a question on Friday, Todd, when you were gone and Feedback Friday does, why does the natural law require a divine origin? Okay. Ultimately we're not up against Socialism or Marxism or intersectionality or critical race theory or the homosexual agenda or the open borders crowds, We're not, that's not really what you're up against, even on a non-spiritual level or on a material level, because these are still spiritual themes. You're, you're not really even up against that on a philosophical level. What you're really up against is there's really only two worldviews in the world. God is or he ain't. That's it. God is or he isn't. Those are really the only two worldviews. Everything, every other argument is a derivative of those two worldviews. It it, it is a byproduct of those two worldviews. Now, within those worldviews, you will find a lot of different isms. But but from a worldview standpoint, there's only two. And a hat tip to Dr. James Dobson for coining that description, by the way. Um, I can't take credit for that. And so what was fascinating is even though him and I have a lot of the same political and historical um, uh, conclusions, we're, we're coming from two completely different worldviews. And so this invariably creates a conflict. And the reason why is because you can only walk arm in arm with people for so long if you don't see eye to eye. You can have... You can be co-belligerents for a time. But then ultimately it, it you just if God exists, then there's no way that you will not eventually run in to conflict in acknowledging that with those who don't. No matter how many pre- and and no matter how many previous areas you agreed eventually you're going to hit this brick wall because something has to rule down here. It'll be God or ye be like God. One of those two. What's that have to do with countries locking down for COVID? Everything. Our friend Jordan Schachtel made this point this morning on Twitter. In these countries where this is happening over and over again, I mean, what mean, how many lockdowns are New Zealand and Australia on now? Multiple, whatever the number is. Aren't, and by the way, these are island nations, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you cannot successfully socially distance, distance and maintain society in a country that in and of itself is socially distant from the rest of the world, then tell me exactly where you could do it, right? Yes. And so, therefore, they just... Lockdown and locked down. The, and they're locking down over and over again. Israel is heading down this road again. The most vaccinated nation in the world. First, it was the adults mask up indoors. And now the new prime minister is apparently just as COVID nuts and insane as Bibi Netanyahu was. Because now he wants the school kids to mask back up. Remember we had the video was it like a week and a half ago. Yep. Have the school kids all excited because now they got to mask up now and get vaccinated. Sweden, by the way, telling its citizens not to vaccinate people under the age of 18. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, Steve, Israel is, is, is God's chosen nation. Well, it, it may be, but they have pride parades there and abortion and all kinds of other stuff, frankly. It, it's kind of ironic that, that probably one of the reasons that Christians feel so welcome there even in a largely Jewish nation, Jesus believing Christians as Messiah is because it's lost a lot of its religious heritage. I know that sounds kind of ironic, but you know what I mean by that? That if if they were actually, if this wasn't the first time a religiously observant Jew had actually been named prime minister, then there might've been more, a a lot less openness to open Christian expression and proselytization there because they would've been more interested in maintaining their own spiritual, uniquely spiritual, um, covenantal Absolutely. calling. But the, in, in these countries that are locking down over and over again, folks, we have a tendency to interpret these events from an Americanized view, and everybody does it. You can't help the country or the vantage point you're from, right? In these countries, this is wildly popular. Jordan's right about that. They're totally fine with it. Why? For the same reason that that you're totally fine with entrusting your ultimate fate into the hands of your God. Faith. These are godless countries. Godless. And Chesterton is still right. When the government removes the God, the government will become the God. God. The, the, they're, they're being saved in their minds. Government is messianic. Here's what you've learned. And other than Sweden now, we're about the most open and freest country for COVID again in the world. Unless you play baseball for North Carolina State and are fully vaccinated. and then the very next day when they play the game the other semifinal game there's 21,000 people in the stands without masks okay Um, see what you've learned in the last year and a half is that there's still for years we've talked on this show that there's that we're not a majority in the culture anymore but there's still too many of us to just run us over at the same time there's not as many as we need but there's still more of us than the spirit of the age can contain, right? Yeah. You learned that in the last year and a half. That's what you learned. There's that there's too many God fearing people in this culture to not eventually push back on earthly forms of authoritarianism. We're coming up on the birthday of this country. And what is it? It's, it's the anniversary of when imperfect men cited as the ultimate source for their freedoms and rights, a perfect God, and said, therefore, we cannot be imposed upon coercively, unjustly, immorally, by an earthly authority, acting as if it is alone God, or effectively God. That's the argument. That's the whole argument. Right. That's the whole argument. In a nutshell, that's the argument. That creed, to quote Chesterton again, that the country was founded upon, still has a sizable remnant. There's far more than 7,000 men here and women in this country who haven't taken the kneel to Baal or the spirit of the age yet. Now, those numbers have greatly diminished because I will tell you in past generations, this either would not have what we did to people and are still doing to some people now. I saw a woman who pronounced herself as a proud teacher in her bio or a, pro- former, a, a, a former teacher in her bio declare, well, we forcibly injected people for smallpox. Number one, that was an actual vaccine, yep. like an inert or benign antibody of the of the virus that we were up against. That's not what we're doing with these. We're putting the spiked protein uh, to simulate the action of the virus itself into your body. So it's not even the same thing, number one. Number two, smallpox was one of the leading killers in this world for more than a millennia. And the most recent... CFRs and IFRs we have of smallpox going back in the 70s. We've officially took it off. We stopped vaccinating people or suggesting, recommending vaccinating people for it in the early 80s. We had so eradicated it. The last remaining infection fatality ratios we have for smallpox are 3,000% higher than the current infection fatality ratio for COVID, guys. 3,000%, 3,000%, 3,000%. And it was a different type of a vaccine. In fact, we don't even know that this is a vaccine. But we know right now, at best, it's, it's mRNA therapeutic. That's what we know. And we also know that right now, sitting in the adverse side effects website at CDC, there are more claims of myocarditis and chest pain as a result of, in, of taking these mRNA injections this year. And this thing I can think goes back to, what, 1990, I believe? This year. Then for every other vaccine ever recorded combined, going back to the origin date of of these side effects being chronicled, which I think is 1990. So 30 plus years. And this woman wants them to force you to have to take this. Like it's smallpox. It's not about health, power. See, which it, 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 in previous generations of this country, they never would have even tried this on. In other generations, if they tried it, it lasted for like ten minutes, a month tops. It took us a year plus to get on the offensive here, because there's just not as many God-fearing Americans anymore willing to push back on earthly authoritarianism as opposed to seeing it as its deliverer as there used to be. That's bad, right? Yes. Pretty bad. Yeah. But there's a hell of a lot more of them here than any other place on earth. So keep that in mind. Oh, and most of them are armed. That's what you learned. What you learned is there is a moral, spiritual, philosophical, inf- historical infrastructure here that still exists, it is in decline. The people willing to utilize it are in decline. But, brother, it still works when it's used. It still works when you work it, does it not?
0: Oh, yes, it does.
1: Yes. See, they don't have this in these other countries. Or it's totally gone. And so there might be smatterings, high double-digit in the teens, low single-digit smatterings of people that are like, they can't do this to us, but the rest of the country is gone. It's a godless culture. Is it freer than China? Is Australia freer than China? Yes. Yeah. Is it as godless as China? Maybe yeah. More so, and so this brings us back to the conversation I had this morning with the atheist gentleman. Do we, on a philosophic, on a, on a practical level, would you rather live in Sydney or Melbourne or Beijing? Uh, uh,
0: Sydney or Melbourne.
1: But on a philosophical, so again, on a practical level, this atheist conservative and I have a lot of things in yes. common, right? But when we start getting into the basis for why we think what we think, that will ultimately determine whether we can, we can sufficiently defend the way we want to live, who has more in common, Melbourne and Sydney with Beijing or Melbourne and Sydney with us? And when I say us, I mean the people of what's left of America, Beijing. Beijing, see the problem with that? It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. This isn't a political problem; it's a worldview issue. That's why it's revival or bust. You have any thoughts?
0: Well, and it's increasingly existential, which is why you uh, aptly uh, this weekend in your column identified as an F fifteen because, hey, man, we we're going to do this pronoun thing. You got yeah. yours; I got
2: mine. Yeah. The the weird paradox about all this. Spiritually speaking, um, who would have more, who has more in common uh, with us? Those born in Boston or those born in Beijing? You see the paradox yes. there? Because it's Beijing, actually. <laughs> well, the, I
1: mean, you have a better chance of accepting Christ for the remission of your sins if you're born in Beijing, if you look at the numbers, than if you're born in Boston, Massachusetts. So there you go. That's why we call it a foreign country. More in a moment. make bob vanderplatt's very uncomfortable by talking about my underwear here for a second Uh, because this summer you can soak up the sun and not your sweat with tommy john underwear it is your solution to not feeling sticky in the places you don't want to with their cool cotton fabric that's two to three times cooler than regular cotton i love this i love these uh these undies so much they're the only ones i buy now all right so as i've told you before they typically let us try a product. Before we start talking about it to see if we like it, Uh, we dig it. We think it's got a good beat and you can dance to it. You know, I think it's really good when I go back again on my own and buy more of it. And that is the case with Tommy John underwear. It's why they don't just have customers. They have fanatics and hundreds and thousands of them, uh, including 13 years worth of 10,000s of five star reviews. Most of them calling Tommy John the most comfortable underwear ever and that's why they've sold over 15 million pairs of these. So, if you want to give it a shot, how about 20% off your first order right now. That's a big discount. 20% off your first order right now at tommyjohn.com/steve. That's tommyjohn.com/steve. Get 20% off now. Bob Vanderplatz, you look like a guy that could use some cool cotton underwear. You <laughs> look a little tight there, brother. How you doing?
3: I'm doing really well. I look a little tight there, huh? My boys introduced me to Tommy John underwear a long time. Did ago. they? They are fans of Tommy John underwear, so I can say I, I never heard it put quite like that about sweating in places you don't want to sweat. I, or, I get that you know, a lot. I tend think, to put I things mean,
1: uniquely. It doesn't mean I put them well, yeah, but I put them uniquely. It's
3: definitely unique. Never thought about it. Probably don't want to think about it again. So, but Tommy John underwear.
1: You don't think about me uh, sweating. No, 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 not at all. You do have a knack for calling me at home when I'm getting out of the shower. So I've or going into the shower. Yes. uh, Either now or yes. All right. right. So let's, let's, I want to get, let's do a little preview with you next hour. um, I'm going to do for our Monday town hall. And, and I know you don't know this is coming, so I'm, I'm hitting, with you, hitting you with it cold, and I know you love that. I love it. Yeah, I know you really, really like that. But um, wish you, you're wishing you had some Tommy John underwear about right now, right? <laughs> Not at all. Okay. All right, so next hour, we're going to do our money Town Hall, and I'm going to lay out... Uh, I, I, let In fact, let's start with this question. Maybe Trump was always going to ramp things up at this particular time, but it seems awfully serendipitous that... Now I'm going to join Rumble. I've been talking about this this uh, social media site I'm going to do. Uh, and for months and months and months with like no start now, maybe it's going to debut like next week. It just seems like ever since that Western Conservative Summit poll last week of activists out there that had DeSantis ahead of Trump, it just seems as if we're really ramping things up here all of a sudden. First of all, am I wrong about that? And then secondly... I want to discuss with you uh, your perspective on what I'm going to lay out next hour, which is if, if if he runs again, we're essentially foregoing vetting really anybody else that we would want to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only other people are going to run are Jeff Flake himself, Jeff Flake 2.0, Jeff Flake 3.0, John McCain's dry bones. I mean, there's only other people that would dare, you know, Larry Hogan types no one likes and wants to vote for. So if we're going to toss all the, the 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 alternatives aside, then I think now is the time to have a conversation about whether that calculus is worth it or not. And I'm going to do that next hour, and I want to get your take on that, but let's let's start with the first point I made there a second ago. Is this just serendipity, or did someone pay attention to what was going on at the Western Conservative straw poll last weekend?
3: Well, this is calculated. I really believe it. Matter of fact, uh, even before your question, I've thought a lot about this, that... Um Trump, if this is The Apprentice, he just saw Ron DeSantis best him. And I don't care if it was narrow or what, but Ron DeSantis bested him at the Western Conservative Summit straw poll. And so right away, what does that mean? That means game on. The reason he's besting me is because the people aren't seeing me. Mm -hmm. and the people aren't seeing me, they need to see me. So I do, obviously, a rally in Ohio. I've got other rallies coming up the social media platforms, I'm going to be more vocal, more visible, because they will want me back. So I think from a Donald Trump perspective, whether he really wants to run again or not is, I mean, forget about that conversation. Somebody bested you in a straw poll and you want to make sure that if you don't run again, you were the clear odds-on favorite before before that decision was made.
1: So you, that's an interesting thing. He's not tag. going to be
3: forced to say, I'm not running again.
1: That isn't. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point that you just made, which is, just as I'm, I'm not that I want. To, I need to restate your point for you. I'm trying to soak it in myself here now, and you just things did me. that I thought I never would you, hear for five hundred, Alex. Yeah, you oh, just that was did, a good point you just. You, made. You just did to me what I do to you. Now, now so I, this is a this is a perspective I hadn't even considered. So I'm I'm doing the mental math here live in real time. You're, because you're,
3: before you go there, remember okay. what Trump has lived his entire life about. And still is. It's his brand, and his brand is I don't lose. And and if you're and even if you aren't, so you're saying even if he's not going to run again,
1: right? If you if you want to launch, what would essentially be not just from a a distribution standpoint, but you and I were talking about this off the air over the weekend. Just you know now you got MailChimp banning the Babylon B. I mean, from a database standpoint, this could end up being. Uh, the biggest stick in conservative media on is an online platform from a social media standpoint. You want to launch all of that. Your family can probably never go back to building um, hotels and golf courses across the world because of the incendiary nature of politics. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to 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 recoup what you've lost the last few years. You're going to have to monetize politics, whether you right. run for office again or not. So and, and it does nothing to bolster your brand. If at this time next year or this time in 2023, he doesn't run and the media gets to run with the narrative that Ron DeSantis ran him out of the race. right?
3: And there's without question, Trump has a very broad base. The question is, is, it broad enough to win him re-election in 2024? So what you do is you take that broad base, but now you need to go deeper with that base. And if you go deeper with that base, Mike Lindell, you sell a lot more pillows, right? Because you went mm-hmm. deeper of that base. If you go deeper with that base, down Trump, also your social media platforms, a lot of your other cachet is a place where you can really uh, cash in, so to speak.
1: You don't believe then him and, or you believe, I should say, you believe then that him doing all of these things and reasserting himself can in, in various ways absolutely is, can be mutually exclusive of him deciding in the
3: end to run for the presidency again. Oh, without question. Especially since you're talking about Donald Trump. And we've talked about that on this show before. Uh, he loves this. He loves this element of it. But he also, I think, wants to go out on his terms not on anybody else's terms.
1: You have a thought on that? I had not thought about that.
0: No, I, I'm, I've I'm. i always been more along the lines of what Bob is saying now, that it there, there wasn't simply fate talking. And I know all of us are wrestling with this in our... Own way, trying to figure out this mm-hmm. Kobayashi uh, Maru. But listen, there's that that point about Donald Trump on his own terms. I I I think he doesn't want to embarrass his family. If that's a variable in this, I, I think he knows he's getting older and does not want to look like Joe Biden. And he he does he's smart enough to realize you know that that may happen too. But right now, yeah, I mean he's just he's constantly the guy that sees with this polling and this Desantis. Uh, I've I've got to step forward just to keep this thing viable. And the best thing you could possibly do to see what Deron DeSantis does when he's masterclassing everything else. This could be awkward for it. It could be. It would be awkward for him. For you. For you. It would be very tough to deal with r- ca- campaigning even unofficially with Donald Trump again back in the ring going to across America, having fans come out. So if you are interested in it all, yeah, you got to get in.
1: Do you believe if they, and I'm at, let me clarify this. I know you're used to me asking questions to get to an outcome. This is an open-ended question. Okay. So I I don't want you to feel like I'm like trapping you in an answer. This is an (laughs) open-ended question. Okay. Do you believe if given a year plus, to ramp up name ID, energy, et cetera. And they were standard bearers of the Republican Party in Donald Trump's place. Do you believe Ron DeSantis or Ted Cruz could draw the kind of crowd that he drew in Ohio over the weekend?
3: No. I don't think we've seen a candidate like that in a long long time. Or ever. Uh, Not even a long time. Ever. We've never seen a candidate like that. Part of that is just his star appeal. Uh, he's done everything made for TV. People know when they go to a Trump rally, uh, there's going to be excitement. There's going to be energy. You're not going to leave with the status it won't quo. Be
1: the, it won't be a typical political event.
3: It Absolutely w- it's, a, it's a show. It is a show. It's mm-hmm. made for entertainment uh, from the beginning to the end. And he kind of s-
1: stands up there and does his own Jay yeah. Leno, Johnny Carson monologue, right. right? Okay. They have opening acts, people that come in and speak and those sorts of things. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Go ahead, finish your point.
3: Well, I I think the key is, I think this goes to your second question about, you know, does Trump run again or doesn't he run again? And if he does run again, does that only bring in, say, a Jeff Flake one, two, or three to run against him? Which all of us know, you attack Donald Trump from the left, you're not going to win that at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's going to definitely. However, my guess is, matter of fact, it's not just my guess. I know there are a lot of people, a lot of influential leaders who are already getting around Ron DeSantis saying, we need you to run. Does Ron DeSantis, because remember, politics, it go the rewards go to the risk taker, right? Mm-hmm. Does Ron DeSantis say, listen, this is nothing against Donald Trump. He runs again. If he doesn't run again, I just won re-election in the state of Florida. I'm running because I believe we need to beat Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I believe even though he might be able to win a primary, he can't win the general. If DeSantis were to do that, That would be a game on. I'm not saying he could beat Trump in a primary, but that's the only way you could defeat a Trump in a primary.
1: What's the more compelling case, do you think? If Trump standing up saying, I went around the country and helped Republicans take back the Congress to take on Joe Biden, or... I mean, there's polls showing DeSantis ahead of high name ID Democrats like Charlie Crist, who themselves have been governor sure. by double digits. I, 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 I mean, I think I've been fairly complimentary of Ron's uh, tenure as governor. Sure. I even doubt whether you could win the governor's mansion in Florida as a Republican by that kind of a margin. But let's say he wins it by six to eight, which in Florida is, is, is like is like a Reagan '84 level landslide or Obama '08. All right. And so he then turns around and says, and I did it in the most contested, notorious swing state in the country, governing hard right. And I went against I even went against Trump and Fauci on covid. I, I did everything the consultants tell you not to do. And I made this state redder than Texas. All right. So one guy says we took Congress back and now we're taking on Joe Biden. The other guy says I, I, I took Florida off the you know off the ledger as a swing state and made it redder than Texas. What do you think is the more compelling case, or do you think this is now where personalities get involved? Well, there's they sound they're both fairly
3: compelling yeah. cases. They are compelling cases, and I do think personalities get involved. I think though, in my opinion, I don't think DeSantis wants to be vice president for a second. I think he'd rather be governor of Florida than vice president a vice presidential candidate with the Trump on the Trump ticket. Mm-hmm. Now the thing's going to be, does, does DeSantis really believe that, listen, I think I can win this primary as well and win the presidency? Because DeSantis' star is exceptionally high. And they all know, too, that that star doesn't stay there forever. Right. And so is this your time? The thing is going to be, and, and the other part is that even though Trump holds these rallies in Ohio and other places that are going to be that are going to be coming up, do those rallies translate into those people going a hundred percent I need Donald Trump to run in 2024? Or is it I love President Trump, I love what he did, I love who he is, but I'm still looking to see who would be the standard bearer in 2024. So I think some of the polls are showing. They're not against Trump. They're not against what he did, but they definitely want somebody different in 2024 because they want to beat Biden and Harris. All right, gun to your head. Are we, (laughs) two years from today. I'll still claim the name of Jesus. (laughs) Anyhow, go ahead.
1: Two two years from today, June 28th, 2023. All right, when we would typically be in the throes whether it's your leadership summit or it used to be the straw poll, maybe that comes back, who knows. But we would be in the throes of this now here in Iowa, okay, in a a traditional uh, setting. Two years from today, is there a really open Republican Iowa caucus with candidates that our base actually would like as opposed to Trump versus whoever's auditioning to be an MSNBC contributor? What do you think?
3: That's a really good question. Uh, our leadership will, summit will be compelling regardless in 2023. Right now, gun to my head, I'd say I've got 12 candidates at the family leadership summit all vying for our base's support that they would be the one to carry this mantle forward. I think Trump loves the rallies. I think he loves the attention. I think he knows the influences when he does stuff like this. He's got major league influence. I think at the end of the day, he doesn't pull the trigger. And I think you're going to have a bunch of candidates running.
0: Hmm. What do you think? Uh, well, this is they might be running, but I don't think it's going to be really open. Based on it's, if it's not Trump, it's DeSantis running away with it. So it's not. It's going to be a fait accompli.
1: See, I I think if Trump doesn't run, he lets the process play itself out for a bit, and then if it's very clear, somebody like DeSantis. I think Desantis is going to have to show he can put a national campaign together. That it's not just that he's a beyond Florida phenomenon, and because Trump's going to want to claim he picked the winner, and the Mm -hmm. and and the winner is an extension of him, because that's a a, a brand bolstering. Right? There's two ways to bolster your brand: become president or select the guy or gal who became or who did. So he's going to want to pick the winner, and I think he's going to give the rest of the field, uh, that at least the people that play in the MAGA lane. Enough time to show that they can put together a more serious campaign than DeSantis can. That he's not just a, a Florida phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And then if they can't, then I think you see him come and put his thumb on the scale.
3: Yeah. I think there's too many individuals. I'm talking about Pompeo, Pence, Cruz, Nikki Haley. You name it. We're all going to say if Trump's not in, I'm in. And they remember Rick Perry of 2012. They remember uh, Scott Walker of 2016. All these heir-apparents, this is going to be our guy. Now, I know DeSantis is different. However, he has not been put through the struggles of a national campaign. This is why yet. I specifically said the infrastructure of a campaign. Right.
1: Because this, Ron DeSantis cannot be everywhere at once, okay? And you have somebody, you make one bad hire, one, one as, as Walker did, it started yeah. out with, and it ruined his campaign and it never came back. Those are the things you do need to watch. Quickly, 30 seconds. And here's the
3: other thing about a Trump endorsement. As soon as DeSantis does something that Trump would not do, Trump will say that. Listen, I would not have done that. And also that endorsement starts waning as well. There's a a lot of game to be played. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you.
1: We'll come back. Let's discuss the merits and the consequences of a potential third Trump presidential run next. All right, we're back with hour two live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. That over there is something called Aaron McIntyre. You can let us know what you think about what we think uh, via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email the program Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Look for us on MeWe. Parlor and Gab as well. And if you're looking for clips of the show, look at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. That's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Uh, and a lot more of you are going to be looking at rumble.com now that Donald Trump has joined. Uh also Um, If you are a podcast listener to the program, we're looking for you to hit a five star review and the subscribe button on whichever podcast platform that you prefer, because the more of you that do, the more it helps the show to grow. That's why we also want to thank the thousands of you that have done that for us already. Please consider joining their ranks and thank you in advance very much. You know, we've been warning you about home title theft for a while on the show. This is where cyber thieves remove you from your home's title and become the owner. I watched a video that Home Title Lock put out over the weekend Well, it, it, with people talking about how they've done this in the past. Recovered con men, scan, scam artists, here's how we made this work. People that this has actually happened to. And folks, when Facebook... You know, they're too busy uh, pretending to fact check a a Mayo-decorated pathologist. Uh, They don't have the time to do things like, you know, shut down the human traffickers on their site or protect your data that you gave them. That's why they had a 500 million account breach recently. Personal information now available to Cyber Thieves. They use that to log on to where your home's title is kept online as you and then sign your home over to them on a quick claim deed. And before you know it, you don't know about it until all of your equity is gone. Don't let that happen to you. Uh, go get 30 free days of protection today during this high-risk breach from our friends at Home Title Lock when you use the code RADIO at home title lock.com. That's the code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Before we get into our TED Talk here for our Monday Town Hall, I want to bring up a point, his name is Neil, made on our Facebook page, that I saw during the break that I think should be mentioned. And I think this is something, frankly, we could and should mention more often. Neil's point is that without what Trump did in altering the environment, in supporting, and has he done it as often as we would like, No. Has he done it as often as, frankly, he himself needs while he surrounded himself with Bill Barr types? Bill Barr out there now claiming that uh, uh, voter fraud claims are BS. He's claiming this after the Georgia Secretary of State's office said less than two weeks ago, there are enough votes in Fulton County alone, just one county, there are enough votes in Fulton County alone lacking chain of custody that if they were thrown out would alter the outcome of that state's election. And after this now, did anybody say the name Dominion machine when they pointed that out or anything else or connect any dots no, or talk about
2: international I did, hackers I did see they uh, they apparently recovered those chain of custody documents why they weren't not why they were not uh you know um supplied in the first place yeah no, no, they no, no. mean they just magically showed up
1: yeah they got a they got a thing for that right yeah, yeah. okay after this now is now he wants to come out and say this is all bs no he's the bs and always was and we told you that on this show stop falling for clickbait clickservative outlets that show you the bill bars with bagpipes and 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 smarmy water drinks in front of uh you know uh, pull your pants up to your nipples whatever that dude's name is all right. Just like we fell for Chris Christie, you know, dropping the trousers of some teachers union fanatic once in New Jersey. And that suddenly made him Barry Goldwater. We need to stop that. OK. Although what matters really is just results. That's it. Not sound bites or anything else. Results. But one of the results of the Trump presidency, and I think, Neil, you make a very good point if you're listening or watching right now. A guy like Ron DeSantis, folks, doesn't even win the Florida gubernatorial primary. No way. Before the environment that Donald Trump helped to forge. Let alone winning that state's governorship by less than 40 or 41,000 votes or whatever it was. So I do think we, we have done so at times. But we could be better at pointing out that there's no way you can deny that Donald Trump overall has been a net positive in shaping the environment for people like us to push back on this, right? Right. There's just no way you could not. That doesn't mean there hasn't been frustrations. I say things that frustrate you. I say things that you wish I could. I would not say or say differently, right? Yes. At the same time, though, I hope our show on a macro level, despite my ideo- ide- peccadillos and idiosyncrasies, is doing the same for you. Like when we write books like this one, that, that that changes the environment. You now get to take that information and be your own little mini Ron DeSantis on your school board, right? Yes, you do. In some respects, along those lines, has, has, has it always been the Queen's English from Mr. Trump? No. Yeah. But if we were to keep score at the end of the game, on a narrative and environment standpoint, are we further ahead than we were before he emerged? I think so. I think you couldn't even deny that that's the case. And and people like Ron DeSantis winning big money primaries in states like Florida, I think, are emblematic of that. So, Neil, you made a very good point. Which brings us to what I want to discuss here in our Monday town hall. This is going to be my TED talk on Trump running again in 2024. And I, I want to lay a few things out here. And then we're just going to have an open ended discussion amongst the three of us with the time we have remaining in the aftermath for the rest of this hour. Okay. Let's start with a point that I made last hour and let, let's reset this. You know, maybe Trump was always going to run again and ramp it back up at this time. But at the very least, it's hard not to notice how he is suddenly getting a lot of things rolling, coming off a second place finish to Ron DeSantis in the Western Conservative Summit straw poll recently. If indeed Trump is going to run again in 2024, he will likely do so unopposed or at least unopposed by anyone who isn't a caricature of a Jeff Flake type. Therefore, I think now is the time for us to get answers from Trump that I think we deserve to have, because once he's the nominee again, the differences between Trump and whoever ends up being the Democrat nominee are going to be so stark. It won't even be lesser to evils arguments. It's going to be so stark that that that's just not going to be the time to hash things out right? you you don't hash out with what, what you know with your brother what to do with the inheritance mom and pop left you when your home is when when your home's being invaded you know what i'm saying that doesn't mean that's not like an important and very contentious argument right but you need to make sure you're breathing tomorrow to continue it first yes. fair yeah okay So we're going to be too busy trying to defeat the Marxists. It'll be too late. That's why we need to have this conversation now. Before we do, first, though, let me declare just a couple of things. All right. Number one, I voted for Trump without reservation in 2020. In fact, he's the first GOP presidential nominee I have voted for since 2004. Uh, Despite my previous issues and skepticisms, Trump's pre-COVID record as president alone merited my vote, in my opinion. That's even before now I add in the radicalism of spirit of age, spirit of the age Democrats into the calculus. I think he had already earned my vote before I even contrast that now with the consequence of what happens if the other side wins. Well, Steve, how come you didn't make that calculus before? Because John McCain, Mitt Romney... Uh, and frankly, Donald Trump, in his first go-around, in my opinion, didn't have, did, had not built up any form of resume or record that you got you, you need to earn my vote first. First, we have to agree morally. I, I should vote for you, or should consider it. Then we can take a look at what the alternative is. If I do it the other way around, then I'm always basing what my decisions off of the morality I'm against. See what I'm saying? Yes. If I start from, boy, how terrible is what I don't want, then I'm basing my decision off of what? What I don't want, as opposed to what I do. That's why. You may keep Christmas in your way, but as far as I vote, I'm going to keep Christmas in mine, and this is how I do it. Number two, um, I also believe that Trump... We, he, we, because really, it's really about us more than him, was cheated in the last election. I do not believe it was a legitimate result. And I've heard zero, zero counter arguments from anyone I respect that has caused me to think differently since last November. If anything, I believe the 2020 election was stolen more now than I even did in the immediate aftermath last November. I restate these two points in the hopes that it will help you to take what I'm about to say next in the way, the spirit it's intended. I I don't want what's best for Trump. My last name's not Trump, and I'm not working for him. Um, I don't want what's best for any other politician. I, I want what's best for we, the people. I want to know if they're what's best for we, the people. And we deserve to know if that's a third presidential bid by Trump. And now's the time to ask, especially because it would likely end the possibility of any legitimate alternatives. We deserve to know if the potential of Trump v. Version 3.0 is worthy of effectively canceling the entire 2024 GOP presidential process in exchange for it. To that end, here are some questions I think we the people deserve to get answers to before we shut the door on any Trump alternatives in 2024, and therefore entrust our collective fates to Trump once more. Number one, given what happened with coronavirus, how do we know Trump won't abrogate the authority we gave him and hand it over to the next Fauci-esque swamp monster the next time the media and the system demand it over some contrived crisis? Number two, What standard will Trump deploy and what advisors will he trust to help him know if a crisis is real and requires drastic action or is contrived for the purposes of our enemies just acquiring even more power? Unlike what happened with coronavirus, will he trust in the wisdom of a multitude of counsel or do everything that the next Fauci that comes along says? Because I can promise you in the Leviathan of the Swamp. In every department, on every issue, in in every bureaucracy, Anthony Fauci is a legion. Number three, it is now confirmed the Pentagon refused Trump's presidential orders twice, once on training madness and then again on putting down civil unrest in the cities last summer. Is Trump prepared to truly drain the swamp at the Pentagon this time? because some of his own appointments were the problem. Number four, does Trump have a better vetting tool for senior staff slash cabinet officials so that we don't end up with any more Rex Tillerson's, Elaine Chows, Bill Barr's, Christopher Ray's, Reince Priebus's, Sonny Perdue's, Gina Haspel's, Wilbur Ross's, Steve Mnuchin's, It's a lot of names, Jim Mattis's, H.R. McMaster's, I could go on. All of these people held positions of great power in the Trump administration, and they ranked anywhere from ineffective to treacherous. And almost all of them were really just treacherous. Number five. Will Trump listen more to Don Jr. and less to Javanka? Don Jr. seems fairly committed to our issues and causes. Javanka not so much. Not awesome. So, will we get who's your daddy or butt daddy? Basically, is what I'm asking with this question. All right, number six. Trump said at his Ohio rally over the weekend he's been disappointed in the conservatives on the Supreme Court, three of which he appointed. So, is he now ready, therefore, to defy the courts as president to uphold the Constitution instead? Number seven. Will Trump finally put his thumb on the scale to help us once and for all get rid of the likes of McConnell and McCarthy rather than covering for them, doing business with them? I'm really arguing here that I would actually like Donald Trump to put his full stamp on the party. That's my argument. Similar to how when he was president, I was like, Man, I really would like to see more of that authoritarian Trump that I feared, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd actually like to see him throw his ego around more. I, I'd like to see him put more of his stamp on the party. I don't, think he, I don't think the problem is he's put too much of a stamp on the party. It's that he hasn't put enough, actually. Uh, number eight. Is Trump prepared to fully investigate the incidents surrounding the experimental mRNA injections he funded and takes credit for? as well as hold responsible those that may deserve it. Especially because we are flirting right now with creating a two-tiered American citizenship, a superior class of those willing to be the experiments and inferiors now because you're unwilling to be the lab rats. As I said last hour, let me repeat this. In the history of the CDC's adverse effects database for vaccines... There are already now more complaints about myocarditis and chest pains associated as an adverse effect of the mRNA injections, which are not even a year old now. There are more complaints associated with those injections than with every other vaccine going back to 1990 combined. Is he prepared? to critically self-assess his own stated greatest accomplishment, if need be. Because let me do my Joe Biden impersonation. It's looking like it's going to need be. Okay. It's looking like it's going to be needed. Uh, Number nine. After what happened with his first term and what the swamp tried to do to his presidency, which is wreck it, Does Trump finally understand the swamp cannot be drained with art of the deal, but only by Trump actually being the very type of disrupting provocateur he's often accused of being? In other words, be the wrecking ball you are often accused of being. Cause you often weren't and got all the blowback for that anyway. Like political body bags. Like folks lighting themselves on fire with their resumes on Don Lemon tomorrow. Because you're gonna get called all the same names anyway yes, if you, you don't are. do it right. Yes. So then we might as well I want we there there needs to be a monument to bureaucrats when your presidency's done. They do a monument to bureaucrats who are politically dead.
0: Here layeth the swamp.
1: Yes. Because you're going to get called all the same names anyway. So you might as well just do it. Now, these questions are designed to encourage Trump to fully, become, fully, fully, fully become the president many of you have hoped he could be. Not just the president who proved the media is fake news, which we appreciate that. Or outperformed anemic previous standard bearers like W. McCain and Romney. Let's face it, that, that standard was low, right? Yes. It's a low standard, okay? But a true champion that will return power in this country back to we the people where it belongs. This, this has been my TED Talk. The floor is now open.
0: You know, right out of the gate, that that point one about maybe Trump was always going to do this at at, at this time, um, but it's hard uh, not to notice this is happening in conjunction with the polling regarding uh, Ron DeSantis. I, I I think that's a really important point because this can very much be viewed as the p- potential uh, of trump doing some reflection and growing up and that's why all of your questions potentially are very germane by by a standard of what we know about donald trump i think up to this point he 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 has been very very understated considering all of the possibilities for him to come out and constantly be part of the dialogue he did very much sit back and just kind of be quiet uh, for a while. And now, as I said, uh, when uh, Bob was here, it makes absolute sense after this polling that he would just kind of step out. How long has he been out of the presidency? Certainly long enough for him to just start on a very positive note, get out there and talking about issues. So that's all it's setting a very grown up premise for you to ask many, many grown up questions. And still at the end, though, here's where I'm at. I'm at that place uh, that uh, when Aaron reads buy, sell, or hold questions on Wednesdays, and every once in a while you need to remind everybody too many moving parts in that Mm -hmm. one, simplify. There's so many moving parts in this thing vis-a-vis what we know about Donald Trump I can't but end up saying what's being, even though we have to ask these things, the most obvious conclusion at this is this is not possible for him to do.
1: Basically, I could boil it all down into one question, okay? Did he gain valuable experience from these four years? Or are we just going to replay those these four years meaning is, is this it, what's his ceiling as a politician what's his ceiling is this it well it wasn't terrible by any stretch right we I think all three of us would prefer he was making decisions or the people even the limited amount of people he had around him that were good were making decisions compared to who's making decisions right now right, right? okay but will that be enough you can see, look at how quickly his agenda was just dismantled. It took them just mere days after he was gone to dismantle yes. essentially his entire agenda. Yes. Okay. And then they're, now they're just going back around and just, you know, they're, they're, they're treating him the way Rome treated John Wycliffe right now. They're just now digging things up. They're refusing to do things they even should do just to embarrass him or remove or erase him. Right? Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily his fault. Right. Okay. But if we're going to say, you know what? I think I probably should just put a name on it. It'll make it simpler. If we're going to say, you know what? We're going to take maybe the most promising Republican governor of all time. And we're going to say, we're going to take him off the board. And maybe, and likely maybe never know what he could have done as president. Right. Because that's the potential. Right. Right. Okay, we're going to say we're going to we're going to pay that opportunity cost of never finding out what a President DeSantis would look like. Then I need to know, and I th- and I think all of us need to know: Did you gain valuable experience, or are we just going to run this back? Do you understand? You don't put Elaine Chao in your administration. You get rid of her husband as the Republican Senate leader and put your own guy in there. That's that's my point. Yes. Did is there is because if, because this ceiling was good for the last four years. But given what we're up against now, what he what he even what he even did four years ago ain't gonna cut it. We nearly lost our entire way of life here in the last year and a half. We were this close, man, to losing it all. Yes. At this time last year, could we sit here and say that we that we knew for sure the College World Series would have a full crowd outside, no. let alone being played? Of course not. No, we couldn't. So. I, he, we, need hit the, we need his, ex, we're not just, hey, I'm just going to do all the same stuff I did before and we're going to Trumpify it. Will that be better than what we have right now? Sure, markedly. But will it offensively push back what's pushing back on us? Not at all. Not at all. So that's what I'm trying to figure out is if this prospect, looking at it from a sports mm-hmm. parlance here, has this prospect maxed out? You know, like the kid who's the McDonald's All-American because he's been the biggest, strongest, fastest kid his entire career. And he's great when he first gets to college, but probably should have gone pro after his second year because the longer he stays there, now everybody else is physically catching up and he doesn't dominate anymore. Right. Okay? Is this the best he is? He's just Ralph Sampson, three-time National Player of the Year, dominating college basketball. But when we get to the NBA, it was Hakeem Elijahwan, who was the underdeveloped product, who had the higher ceiling. Yes. That's what I'm trying to figure out. And I think that's what we should all be asking right now because there's, at the very least, let alone whatever you still may think about Ted Cruz, I just tend to leave him out of these conversations because of my own bias with my own relationship. But we cannot ignore there's a Hakeem elijahwan like prospect sitting out there in, in Tallahassee, Florida right now, right? Yeah. If we're going to say we're going to pass on him, okay, and it, it, it may be good to say, I don't know. I just think that we should maybe do this inventory before we say that, because the opportunity cost for that is high if we pass on that. That's my point. No. Uh,
0: he's it would not be good to say. I mean, Trump is um, here; it's almost certainly going to lead to a coup on every level it, it, if Trump gets involved. He 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 has maxed out, in my opinion. If he wins, it'll be such a personal victory uh, at a late time in his life. Uh, Who is there ready, willing, and able to help in a way that they didn't help him before? I think... uh, that's. I'm trying to find that out. I I, I think institutionally, the the Republican coup against helping him will be so uh, strong that they will pour themselves into Ron DeSantis. That's not good for him, because the the swamp supporting Ron DeSantis just it'll just suck oxygen out of the room it won't be Ron DeSantis's fault but listen there's when the mob forms and we've all experienced in some way it's just it, it it's a it, it's what you always say about you can't change the environment that it that puts Ron DeSantis in an incredibly difficult position when he's being lifted up by the very people That he he is more Trump like in trying to want to say you've had your time. So uh, I I don't I can't imagine a scenario when the best case scenario that you're asking questions about fortifies itself in any realistic way. You said it right. Could would it still be better than what we have now as if it is the old Trump? Well, in some ways. But again, I'm talking about a real coup. We have to.
1: Aaron, I promise. Next segment. Is I'm going turn the floor completely sure. over to you. Okay. We, and and maybe this is something if you're older and you're 78, like Trump would be when he ran for, if he runs again, you're only thinking about the next four years. I'm in the next few years going to send, I've already sent one out. I'm going to send two more kids of mine out into the world. We, we just, we've lost so much ground here. Mm-hmm. I just don't have, we don't have time anymore to not go on substantive offense here. And that requires taking ground away from them and putting it in our camp. Not just doing the stuff that wins the day, but wins tomorrow, the next day, and the day after that. So I'm thinking of other things too, who's Trump's running mate? Because I really don't, I agree with Bob wholeheartedly, I really don't believe it's Ron DeSantis. Okay, Trump's eighty years old in the White House has to resign, and his running mate is Tim Scott because he fits some, you know, check yeah. racial checkup. Right. Every a bunch of Trump's people are losing their minds about the whole Juneteenth thing last week. Trump ran on making Juneteenth a holiday last fall, guys. Okay, so 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 we handed over to Tim Scott. Well, you know, BLM has some legit points. You know what I'm saying? I do know. What you're I I we, we, Last year at this time, I thought I was working harder for Trump's reelect than he was. In fact, I felt that way most of last year. In my opinion, he was robbed. I'm not even opposed to him running again because DeSantis make it out there and belly flop on a national stage like Rick Perry and Scott Walker did. I would be very surprised. I would not be surprised if he couldn't put together a capable campaign because it requires a Herculean chore. All right. And the kinds of people that really, really want to go work for him and take the hits for it, he's going to find it ain't, they ain't easy to find good people willing to do that. There's a there's a reason why Trump had the caliber of proxies that he had on cable news, much of the, much of the 2016 primary race. Right. OK. But I, but the idea to me, these questions are whether we're just going to do nostalgia or we're going to actually try to defend tradition. If this is just about, hey, I want to go back and and the salad days and feel like, you know, we were owning the libs, I, I, we don't have time for that. If there's if there's more here, if he can build on what he did by learning the lessons, because I agree with Bob too. What was the question I asked Bob last hour? Hey, give Ron DeSantis and Ted Cruz a year to build their name idea. Could they get a crowd like that in middle of nowhere Ohio? No, they could not. So I think I think there's a lot of untapped potential there. What we don't know is if Donald Trump believes there's untapped potential there. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't matter if we believe there is. What matters is if he believes there is. Is he going back there to right a wrong because he got screwed out of the last election? Or is he going back there to to take names and kick ass, okay? Because of what they did to him for the last four years. Those are two totally different things. Aaron, you're up next when we come back. So if you are dealing with chronic pain, this is not something from like a recent injury like when Todd over here uh, had an old man moment with his back, right? Okay. We're talking about that's an injury. It needs uh, a different, you know, a specific kind of treatment. We're talking about the chronic variety, the the nagging kind, the soreness, the achiness, the stiffness, usually associated with things like your knees, your back, your neck, your shoulders, et cetera. Chances are you're struggling with inflammation. If you'd like an all-natural anti-inflammatory that attacks the inflammation, causing your pain, take a look at our friends at Omega XL. This is a product that I use each and every day. It is backed by 35 years of clinical research, and I can personally attest to the fact it works. If you would like to give it a shot, they're offering you a buy one bottle, get a second one for free today when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, Omega XL dot com slash d buy one get one free or just give them a call at 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 all right so i got todd's feedback on my ted talk aaron the floor now is yours what do you think
2: largely end up in in the same type of place that, that todd has ended up these are all pertinent questions and i've got one more to ask but going back to to the moving parts and what we know about Trump or, or what we think we know about Trump, you know, just the last week or so, as you pointed out, um, maybe there's something to do with the numbers out of the, the straw poll that has to explain for Trump joining Rumble and, and going out to Ohio, although I'm sure that was that had to have been planned a little bit further in advance, you'd think. It's a very Trumpian thing, though. Reactionary. Very reactionary. Sometimes those reactions are amazing and are great, Sometimes they need some more follow-through, and sometimes those reactions are very bad. But it's a very Trumpian thing, very reactionary, and uh, that can be very good, it can be very bad. But the, the pattern that we've seen over the last week and a half or so, it definitely falls in line lo- with what we saw over the last four years. And do we see any evidence? You know, it, it's hard because he really hasn't been out there in the spotlight uh, very much at all. He's not been on Twitter because he can't be on Twitter because they banned him, you know. So what is he doing in that time? Is he really thinking, I could do this again, I learned some things, I want to put my name in the history books? Or is this another attempt, or is just merely an attempt to, to get more uh, attention uh, for his personality? I think the other question that needs to be asked especially of Donald Trump, and it could be asked of any president in this situation, even if his name was Ronald Stump. What incentive does Donald Trump have to govern the way you want him to govern if he is uh, governing the entire executive branch again? And as I said, this could be asked of of any president or ex-president in this situation. But what incentive does he really have? The answer, because he's not going to be facing a reelect, because this is going to be a, a great personal vindication and victory for him. The answer, I think you know what the answer is. The same as anybody else in this situation. Very little. There is very little incentive. So do you trust that he is going to go in there with his hair on fire, righting the wrongs, which can be good, and really going in there to truly drain the swamp this time? Or is it going to be anything other than that? Now, I saw that there was some sort of uh, falling out, I guess. I don't know if you can call it that with Jared and Ivanka. Do we know that once they come calling again, once it looks like he's maybe true. yeah, maybe, uh, maybe going to head off to Washington and win the White House again? Do we know that uh, Donald Trump isn't just going to welcome them ben- back with open arms? My guess is he would, because you know what? They share his DNA. So those are the questions that we need. What, at the end of the day, and you both of you were kind of edging in this direction towards the end of the last segment, what incentive does he have to govern the way you want him to govern if he is governing the executive branch? That's the question that we have to a- answer.
0: And isn't the most honest answer, he might have less than he had previously? I mean, he's done.
2: The only incentive, Todd, I, I think the answer, the only incentive that he has— is to truly go in there like Batman and really tear Bleep up. Do we trust that he's the type of person? Because he's not a crusader. He's not a crusader. At least I don't think he is. Maybe maybe he does fall into that archetype that you've pointed out, but I don't think he's a crusader.
1: I think what you have unlocked is you've, you've done a good job quantifying further what I alluded to at the end of the last segment, Aaron, that it's not about whether the three of us, or even the most MAGA-inspired member of our audience, or anybody at the rallies, it's really not about whether we think he has reached his ceiling as a politician. It's really about whether he believes that. Yeah. Because what you're pointing out, this is, this, this is one term, if he wins, he can't run again. This is it. So this is, we need to know what his motivations are. That's what I mean when I say, what does he think his ceiling is? If it's just, hey, they robbed me of this and I have a point to prove, that has its own motivations, right? Right. If it's, these guys robbed me of my four-year presidency with a lie, and I learned who I can trust and who I can't trust, that has a different set of motivations, right? right? Yes, it does. Okay? And so, my questions are are because here's the thing: if I just boiled it down to those couples of questions, people would then say, "Well, what do you mean?" You know. Spe- spec- so I I ask those very specific questions, but they're all devised to to, to get the answer to this: that 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 he may if he he may have to does he understand that by the time it comes for him to be officially the nominee. We may flat out know these things are these these injections that he is championing are not safe. I mean, it was his administration, his project. They gave was it Merck that had never brought a a product to market and gave him a billion dollars, or a vaccine Moderna. to mark a Moderna. Thank you. Okay. Um, is he? Did this teach him something? Is he back to show that? no, the art of the deal still wins. If, the, if we play this straight up and you guys don't cheat, art of the deal still wins. I still win. And don't, don't, here's the thing, folks. I'm just not going to be the show for you ever if you need to believe that your pet politician is just a better caliber of human being than everybody else is. Okay? I'm just never going to be the show for you. Because I don't. And I don't believe that about Any of them, including the ones I know and like. Why? Because they're people, man. And human nature is not basically good. All right? So don't don't sit here and try to convince me that a guy that has peppered most of the high-end real estate in Manhattan with his name doesn't care about propagating his brand. Okay? Come on. We're gonna get along better if we are if we just treat each other honestly mm-hmm. and and set the BS aside. Don't I won't pee on you and claim that it's raining. You 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 keep your zipper up. Do the same for us, and we're all gonna get along great. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't don't tell me that's that that you wouldn't. First of all, I don't know what it would take an exceptional character of man for that not to be the case. Goodness, I the three of us wouldn't struggle with something like that. Right? Hell yeah, we would. You yes, guys rob me. You couldn't beat me straight up, so you cheated? Yes. Yeah, I totally get it. Yes. It's just not going to be good enough for us and our kids. That's my point. So we need to know if this goes further than that. If it's not just, hey, they robbed me of this last election. They robbed him of his presidency. They discredited unfairly with fake news and fake coup attempts, his presidency, not just the last election, but the actual governing part that really matters to us the yes. most. So if he wants, if he wants to make right, take back the presidency they robbed him of, I'm open for business to listen to that conversation. Me too. But if he wants to undo an election they stole from him, that won't, that's a motivation that won't cut it given what we're up against.
0: To me, the analogy for this, as we talk about this, is and it speaks exactly what you're taking why we understand the reaction that he has to undo this but uh when when uh he uh went out uh during uh the riots and and now we know it's a lie that uh, he had the uh secret service uh you know gas yes. canister people yep. but when he walked out to that church that historic church that had uh, been what a victim of arson just the night before and stood out there with uh that bible listen that was a I, I applaud that act it was an act of personal courage but him just standing there with that bible instantly could be manipulated by the people that hate him as a photo op just by his winning back the white house based purely to write a personal wrong could ultimately uh be manipulated what we need to see, the, what we needed to see, and I said in that moment, and somebody needed to be there and advise him, and that's the problem. Who are these people? He needed to stand there, and he needed to be told because he clearly doesn't understand himself. This is the book of, the, this is the chapter of the Bible. You need to stand out there for five minutes just reading scripture, because that's a lot harder for everybody to manipulate. And the same needs to be true if he would win back the presidency. He would need to be doing that equivalent. To, it's not just a photo op. It is the entire point telling people there is a God, there is no other. I'm not him. You're not him. We need to return to this. If he can't do that, he should not run.
1: Let me tell you really quick here about com. If you are getting into the market during Well, these unprecedented times. Ding. There there you go. I mean, these these are times where there are people electing to live in apartments right now because home values have skyrocketed so much. They're just like, we just can't justify sitting on that amount of money, right? So let's just sell our home and we'll live in an apartment for a year or two and the market sells back down. Then we'll buy another home later on. A lot of topsy-turvy activity right now. That's why you want to make sure you go in. With an agent whose track record of success has been fully vetted and verified, you're going to get that on this website, but then also someone who understands that they need to come in and take charge of your situation, but that you're really in charge of them. They work for you. Where would you find that kind of an agent? Well, the name says it all. And sometimes you find that agent on this website, and he's a fellow Blaze listener or viewer along with you. Uh, Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's how it even got started. They got started because they figured out, hey, we could connect good agents with people that are deserving of them right here in the vastness of this audience. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. I think the biggest mistake we made in the Trump years in conservative media is, is the amount of slobbering that went on as a counter to the daily coup attempt that went on over there on Tass and Pravda Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Because, and this is what I think people often mistake about people with a strong will. I have a strong will. If you think I'm wrong about something, but you bring me the case, kind of shuffling your feet, you're you're unsure of yourself, what will I do with it?
0: Uh, you won't give it much time. I'll just dismiss it. Yes.
1: Because I'm, you're, because I'm looking. I'm just wired to prey on weaknesses, to look for weaknesses. So if you bring, if you're showing weakness straight up in your own position, why the hell should I consider it? Sure. I'm stick with the position I have, right? You come to me even aggressively, but you show me that maybe I should rethink some something. What will I do in that situation?
0: Well, that's a game you like to play.
1: Yes. Okay. I'm listening. Yeah. All right. Show me what you got. See. Look at the times we did that with Trump and we got, we won almost every single one of those times. And I think he respects strength. I, it, Trump can defend himself just fine. That doesn't mean we don't have a role when somebody representing us is being misrepresented, right? He can't be everywhere, everywhere at all times. And you are somewhat limited by the, even someone with Trump's unique uh, persona is limited by the trappings of the office Mm -hmm. to how far they can go in defending what's right and what's wrong, right? Right. Okay. But there is no better defender of Trump than Trump. We need outcomes. That's what we need. We need certain outcomes, And we have a case study in Florida happening right now. You know, we've been talking a lot about how we're the human trials with the with the Trump with the Trump mRNA vaccines. Mm -hmm. We've got a human trial going on in Tallahassee, Florida right now, right? Yes. That we've we're seeing in real time. Wait, you mean we can do this, but not just to to discredit the media, but to like actually advance policy. We can in, in a deeply divided state, we can do this. In a deeply divided state, the Republican executive can defy the Republican legislature and put enough pressure on them that they do what they want, that, uh, that he wants when they don't really want to do it. That, that can be done. Sir, I'm getting out of here. Yes. I, I, we're dying here as a people, folks. I, I don't know how else to put it. Our civilization is in decline. We need rocket fuel. I would say the Trump presidency was the equivalent of calling a timeout when the other team's on a massive scoring run to stop the momentum. We stopped that momentum. I think that's pretty clear, okay? But we got to start now matriculating the ball, Hank Stram, down the other side of the field. We got to get some first downs here, reverse field position. Hell, I'd like a touchdown or two, maybe even, because we're still behind on the scoreboard. We're seeing, in Florida, territory being taken, points being put up on the scoreboard. End zone, balls being spiked in the other team's end zone. When most Republicans, we see them score goals against us. What we need to know is if, 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 if Trump learned enough from these last four years. Nancy Pelosi or whomever succeeds her is never negotiating with you. Chuck Schumer or whomever succeeds her is never negotiating with you. There is not a single 60-year bureaucrat in Washington you should trust. Whether the names are Anthony Fauci or George Washington Peter, it doesn't matter. Trust nobody that's been there in that town. Trust nothing and no one that's been in that town that damn long. Nothing. No one. That's what we need to know. And I think we need to ask these questions now. My guess is Trump probably hasn't even pondered a lot of these questions. He's so pissed about what happened in the last election.
0: Well, that might be your answer right there.
1: Well, who could get him to ponder these questions? Who? We can. We can ask these questions. We can force these questions to the table, or we can just do what we did when he was president: try to gravy train off him, improve our clicks, and and then um, waste our time on soap operas. Where did that get us? A stolen election. That's where it got us. John three seventeen.